0: Get the
1: party started. Oh, baby. <laughs> when was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a f- damn fool? I shit my pants last night.
2: <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Fur. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit.
1: Put that in your f- time, folks. Well,
0: what's up, everybody? Josh from the Clearing Wavers Podcast coming at you for another week of the clearing Labors podcast hope you're all doing well in this fine week uh happy saint patrick's day uh i think brian is the only one wearing green potentially his lighting might be messing with me plus i'm bad at colors, so uh he's the only festive one potentially but uh, i do want to to wish everybody out there happy saint patrick mahomes's day uh let's not forget the reason of the season is patrick mahomes um we're happy to be here for another week uh, on the Clearing Podcast. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We've got a uh, pretty good uh, round of stuff to talk about here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Royals uh, roster construction. A little bit, maybe too early to kind of produce some predictions on it. But according to Dayton Moore and Mike Bethini, they've already kind of got it figured out. Maybe down to just a few more options to figure out. But we're going to try to take a stab at uh, what those are going to look like as well as talk about some of the uh, Chiefs roster moves that they've made over the last week or so. Uh, naturally, we we go a day late last week, and then they kind of make a big move the day we drop a new episode. So we're going to go back, grab that real quick, and then come back to some recent events that have taken place. And then we're going to end the Clearing the Waivers with some March Madness talk through a selection Sunday this last Sunday. So we know the matchups for the most part outside of the play-in games. We're going to take a look specifically at the Mizzou and Kansas matchups. Uh, and then we'll get into some fun shenanigans here. But um, before we do that, let's take it on the host here. Kitty, how was your week? Uh, it it's a good week. Uh, Over say under almost on almost? number of golf golf holes, 35 and a half.
1: Uh, it was under because this weekend was, uh, it was a rain weekend.
0: Not a great weather. Yep, that's true.
1: Terrible weather for this week, For this week, past weekend. So, been a, yeah, it's a real uh, state of home. Just uh drank myself into a uh, nice early <laughs> early bedtime.
0: Just uh just sitting by and, and watching some conference championships.
1: That's right, watching watching golf on TV golf. was all, all I could do, and yeah. some basketball. So worked gotcha. out just great.
0: Yep, good. Brian, how was your
2: week?
1: Great. Let's get started.
2: Okay, gotcha. <laughs>
0: I like the efficiency let's get into it here so we're going to talk a little bit about lineup and rotation of bullpen construction here we've kind of all picked out one specific category here and i'm going to have brian lead off with the batting order slash lineup uh maybe give us your opening day pick or maybe some uh, what's it going to look like in an ideal scenario go ahead
2: yeah i love lineup <clears throat> talk and it absolutely <laughs> means nothing in, in the in the end of the day but mm-hmm. I still love lining up talk and even if I have no say in it here's my say we got to put wit at the top of the order that's where he belongs that's where he lives yeah yeah right there wit Merrifield I'm talking uh, about. I was gonna say
0: we gotta specify now <laughs> that's right because now that we've started the wave there's no stopping the wave that's Bobby right Witt jr is gonna be in the in the lineup I think
2: for the time being we're gonna consider Bobby Wood Jr's not on this team yeah. so wit Merrifield's at the top I love having Benny right there in the two hole he Switches you up righty lefty without sacrificing on base percentage. He's one of our best on base percentage guys. So I love having him and with right there at the top. I I want to pencil in Carlos Santana at three. I just feel like with his uh, on base percentage and how many pitches he takes every at bat, that first inning could be hell for a starting pitcher to get through. Oh, yeah. Him. But um, between those guys, they'd love to see pitches. Uh, Santana loves to see 4.2 pitches of what he's average per per plate appearance over his career benny's right there at 3.9 wit 3.8 so i mean wit he can go up there and look for first pitch fastball fishing but sometimes i mean he's really good at fouling off even if he doesn't take a lot of walks he fouls off a lot of pitches and generates bumps up that pitches uh so i I got one two
0: three and still be 15 to 20 pitches deep and i love that
2: that's right Mm -hmm. and i think I think if you start off a bunch of innings with wit batting leading off with no outs, there's a pretty good chance one of those three guys is going to be on base. Yeah. And I think when one of those guys is on base, the absolute last person you want to see in this lineup is Jorge (laughs) Soler because he can really, he can really ruin your day, right? I mean, he's a prototypical cleanup hitter, huge power. He sees pitches too, he'll take a walk. So Mm -hmm. I love him in the four hole. I'm going to put Salvi at five. He had a great year last year, but I'm going to have him, him protecting Solaire six. This is where it gets a little bit controversial because oh, I love I, see. I love my guy Dozier, but I also think Modesty's speed and stolen base threat is such a huge weapon mm-hmm. that I'm going to I'm going to slot him in here because I want Dozier behind him because Dozier also will will look at pitches. He's one of our best, biggest pitches per plate appearance guy. The three point nine. Pitches per play to Terrence. He, he doesn't have a problem taking pitches. And I want to I give Bonacy the opportunity to steal a bag or two. So I, I'm going to put Dozier behind him. And then the eight, nine, doesn't really matter. But <laughs> let's just, for, for sake of uh, argument, let's put in Michael A. Taylor at eight, Nicky at nine. And uh, if we do get the, the pleasure of having Bobby Witt Jr., for all the crybabies that say he didn't earn his way on this team <laughs> and he didn't get go level to level to level to promote himself, let's say let's slot him in here at nine and let him promote his way up the lineup as, as he produces. And you put him in there as, as a, at a no pressure situation. Say, give us your your glove, and if you hit two, hit that's great. But put him at nine. Don't put any pressure on him. Then he added pressure, on, I should say, uh, starting your major league career yep. after two years. So, um, yep, I think that's the winning lineup and they probably won't listen to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's actually right. I'm right there with you for the most part. I I mean, I can't really get too upset about Mondesi and the six-hole overdozer at this point because they're kind of both giving you the same thing, I think, not necessarily consistency to a point. But both of them can just be absolutely scorched earth on uh, at any given moment. So I, I definitely am into that. And to put Bobby Witt Jr. at nine, you're also going Witt, on the backside so your bobby witt is potentially another leadoff hitter people talk about his uh his <clears throat> pitch discipline uh should translate into a decent on-base percentage and everybody knows about the speed and, and just overall aggressiveness of of him What he's shown already in that <clears throat> that the botched ball to shortstop against the dodgers and he scored from second base that's that's sexy stuff. So if we're if he's able to get on base and produce on the base paths like that from the ninth spot, I am one hundred percent in on that
1: second leadoff. That's yeah, right. I <laughs> I think I like it, but I I'm thinking these guys are a little more old school, and they're going to put Santana, or going to switch Santana and Soler to not have the uh, back to back right handers with
0: Yep, with uh,
1: Solaire and Salvi. I'd be just just I mean they're still going to have we're going to have probably Dozier and Salvi possibly unless they put Modesty at six like you did. So, yeah, but either way I'm, I'm, I'm good with either lineup there. It doesn't matter. Let's just get all, get, get the double S boys or triple S or Salvi Santana Solaire. Oh yeah. As they're uh get their at bats and we'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stinks is Dozier probably going to
2: ha- affect his runs number on the year. Cause he's got right. two oh, thirds yeah. behind him. Potentially. If he's batting seven or <laughs> even if he's bad
1: six, batting six is not a ideal spot in line to be there for right. run scored. Let's, get look those at reds. That.
0: Let's look at that as like the fourth cleanup hitter. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it that way. Yeah, and uh, then we could just kind of hope for the best at eight and nine. It's good to have options. I mean, at this point, last year we were talking about I don't know, let's put Dozier in the three hole and see what happens there. Just I mean, it seems like there are really good options to to go one through six at this point um, with a lot of good upside and stuff with the seven, eight, and nine spot. Well, seven spot per, in particular, but <laughs> well, it's uh, Michael A. Taylor's hitting well.
2: Yeah, he is, uh, and it was exciting that Dayton told us that. Uh in this offseason he was gonna try to find middle of the order bats and we're all like rolling our eyes saying, Oh yeah, right, we're never gonna pay for those guys. (laughs) But throwing Benatendi and Santana at the top of that order really lengthens that baby out. And I I just love it. Yep. Oh
1: yeah. I like it. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to really start calling him Wit Jr. because with Wit Merrifield already out there, it's just gonna get so damn confusing. Either Bobby Witt or Wit Jr. He's gotta we're gonna have to go with one of those two because this is getting confusing already and it's only March sixteenth or seventeenth. How about you
2: just three hit wit?
0: Three hit wit <laughs> instead of two hit wit. <laughs> call him Whitley and then Bobby Whitley. Maybe, maybe Bob. Bob. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bob. Just straight up calling him Bob. I'm into that. Kitty, <laughs> you, you're on. You're on point with the rotation here. What's your prediction about the uh, the rotation? What it's going to look like this year?
1: I think the rotation is pretty much set already. I can't imagine anything. Would change too much. They're gonna go. How I put it together would be Keller, Duffy, Singer, Minor, Bubich is the top five. So Bubich there is probably gonna get squeezed out early in the season without ne- that need for that fifth starter mm-hmm. for those first couple weeks, which it always, I, it just bugs me the way MLB puts their schedule together at the beginning yep. of the year like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's April. Here's 10 off days in April, and the rest yep. of the you get zero. Like, what mm-hmm. the hell are you doing? I know you probably have a propensity to get more rainouts. But it's not like they—they they also don't put everyone's schedule on the same set. They'll do here's a Monday through Wednesday, then a Thursday through Saturday or Sunday. But the other right. team that's going to possibly have an off day doesn't have that same, so it just doesn't work anyway. Right? That they don't make up games in April because of rainout. So stop putting so many off days in April. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any damn sense. So dumb. Well,
0: I think they said that after they get through that first stretch with a bunch of off days, then they have like twelve games in a row.
1: Right. It just doesn't. It's just dumb. Oh, it's so bad. There's no sense. No sense. All right. Sorry. Get off. after that little, uh, <laughs> small tangent there of how dumb MLB scheduling. Be in the early season. <laughs> I think after, like after he's got Boobich in there as a five spot, if, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious of what they're going to do. If they need a spot, start from somebody from tweak injury, what's going to happen with Santana. Is he going to, if he doesn't no. break camp with the team, just, are they going to have a minor league, going to stay in the minor leagues with him or, I don't know what's going to happen sure. to him. So I would think he'd be a possibility for a couple of starts. Or then you could got, you've got Junis and Han in the bullpen that can give you some spot starts. So I think you're probably going to see more of those guys before we get to the minor league destined guys of Lynch, Coar or uh, Lacey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Lynch or Coar or Lacey all year, even just if you have got a couple options in house already with, with the Junis and Han possibilities that. Yeah. I think it's going to take a lot more than just possibly one guy going down with before we see maybe two yep. or three have to need before those guys get a, get a look, see at the major league rotation. Mm-hmm.
0: Probably could have probably throw in Scott Blewett and Ronald Bolaños in there too, as potential options oh, right. if, uh, if they're needed yeah. for depth, for sure. Carlos yeah, Hernandez always goes unlooked after you kind of get through those big, uh, those big ones. And he pitched pretty damn well last year in the, in his major league run. So. He also could be an option in there, but yeah, I, th- I th- think
1: I, I agree with you. We're going to see the uh the secondary list of pitchers before I think we see that primary list of pitchers that are
0: next really wave
1: look, knock at the knock on the door wave. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a little, it's a shame for us at the major league level watching games that we don't won't probably might not get to see those guys this year.
0: I but there's I hope, too hope, much. Hope, yeah,
1: hope there's a, hope there's a chance, but there's just there's that's a lot to ask for those guys to want right. well to come up.
0: Yeah, there's there's going to be a few things needing to happen in order for for them to get worked in. I think you're right, but you know they could become they could be breaking down the door as well, and then we could see a real interesting uh, eight man rotation. Let's go, let's get weird
1: with it. <laughs> just a bunch of guys uh, doubling up on starts here. The back of the rotation. You, you each get four innings today. Let's get four it four or done. five innings. Yep, <laughs> you do it. Get your four innings.
0: <laughs> let's, let's see if you guys can complete this game with just two of you. Let's see what happens here. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, kind of hand-in-hand, hand, I got I got the bullpen duty, um, so I'll go through mine. I think the locks are pretty obvious as well on this with Holland, Stalmont, Barlow, and Hahn. Gives us four, I think, pretty uh, pretty much a lock. Then I think uh, the more than likely are Wade Davis, uh, Kyle Zimmer, and Brad Brock. I mean, he I think he's working his way into it. They were just talking to Matheny the other day about the weird armor slot, and I think I saw that there's only three other pitchers in the majors that throw at a like a, a sharper and lower angle than Brock so I, I feel like they're uh, intrigued by that uh, release and delivery so I think he's got a pretty good shot at making it as well uh, especially after they I had Tyler Zuber mixed in here today <laughs> and he just got optioned to triple a little a few hours ago before this uh, so I had to I think Brock has probably made his case and will be in there. So uh, that puts us at seven. And so I need two more guys. I think Richard Lovelady has pitched really, really well. It seems like the reports on him coming out of the front front office has been really, really good, really impressed. His numbers are really, really good in spring training so far. Hasn't been optioned yet, so he's still in the mix for some major league reps, something to watch here uh, as we go down the stretch the final couple weeks of spring training. But I think he's done enough to kind of get a nod here, leaving one more spot. Like I said, Tyler Zuber is out but there's still two names that I don't think I've seen Option that I know one pitched in the majors last year. I think the year before as well as a starter, but Jake Newberry, um, I, I was really, really impressed with uh, some of his moments last year uh, doing pretty well in spring training so far. So he's got a pretty good chance. I would say probably the inside track as well on that final spot, but uh, another Jake in the mix is Jake Brince left-handed pitcher who throws gas Uh, I think he's hitting like 99 which is always fun out out of the left hand so um, I think he's been I think he's gotten roughed up in maybe one appearance so his numbers aren't great but I think the Royals have been rumored to be pretty impressed with his upside Um, and with them not being real uh, deep with left-handed pitchers in the bullpen I get him uh, love lady going and then that angel zerpa guy i think is potentially uh somebody else somebody else that they want to get worked in as well so uh, i'm going to go with newberry making the opening day roster like i said i think he's got the inside lane for that um but it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what happens because i think the ideal scenario is that five to six man rotation and i'm not 100 percent sold that Bubich is the guy over Junis because of his cutter. It seems like everybody's been really impressed with what he's been able to bring to the table in spring training again. I think that those two guys for the potential fifth and sixth spots in the rotation are definitely something to watch going down the stretch here at the end of spring training. And that could in like directly affect how this bullpen kind of takes shape as well, because I mean, people have, people are dying to see, Jake Junis's slider out of the bullpen. They think that that could absolutely crush at the bullpen, but I, the Royals have come out and said that they do want to keep him stretched out to be a starter. So I'm not quite putting him in the bullpen yet. It's going to be interesting to see what they do if they'd rather option him to triple A for a month of non not needing him just to keep stretched out, or if they try to keep him, give him a bullpen roll and see how he does with a, a few innings here and there to kind of be a uh, innings eater out of the bullpen so i think that's how it kind of shaped out to me
2: you are out mean. of your mind i, I have, don't you should have two jakes <laughs> two jakes in the bullpen and one's not junas
0: well i showed my work out i showed of my your work mind i, think I it's there. My mind.
2: <laughs> that this junas i mean you have to keep him stretched out in case there's an injury in spring training but Correct. I, th- I don't think that's if that doesn't happen they're absolutely putting jake junas in the bullpen we'll see this stuff's all lip service right now <laughs>
0: Could be, I'm not. I'm not denying that. But
2: I think. I think the Royals are excited about, like you said, his potential of being dominant for one or two innings out there. Could In- be instead of getting beat up third time through, like he seems to always do. Yeah, I, I'm
0: not. I'm not against it. I'd love to see him out there, but I, I think they're. I mean, it's undeniable that starters are more valuable to a team than relief pitchers are, and you don't want to give up on some guy who is. Shown a little bit of success and has experience as a starter in the big leagues.
2: I think it's Not also gonna... undeniable what he's shown as a starter, and he is Wade Davis. Hopefully, <laughs> he can't be a starting pitcher, but he'd be a goddamn great reliever.
0: Maybe let's His go. Slider baby. Is nasty for sure. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how it all kind of shapes out. But, um, I think I'd be intrigued by them going to six man rotation with Boo and Junis in there and then having was that leave seven guys in the bullpen and that's, I mean, those are the seven obvious ones that Buddy, I kind of mentioned if,
2: earlier. If we were going six man rotation, I want Lynch in the, in that role. It's not happening.
1: Come I on. Can't see, it's not, I happening. can't see any team going to a six man rotation when you're back to guys are potentially not good. Right. And you're basically hoping that two guys back to back in rotation, get five innings out of them. I mm-hmm. no way. I see a six man rotation. You've got to be paying six guys, 20 million a year to do a six man rotation.
0: And not to mention last year, we were talking about singer breaking camp with the team because he was being undeniable. He was doing very well in spring training and Daniel Lynch has not done great. His numbers aren't great. He's shown times where he's just throwing gas, 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 and then breaks them off with a little off speed or a little bit of a slider in their face. Um, but he still doesn't put up the best numbers so far in spring training. So he's certainly not undeniable at this point. So Josh. I don't I don't see them. We're, we're <laughs> the beacon of the Bobby Witt Jr. bandwagon, I know. But we're only saving those hot takes for specific examples with good backup uh,
2: argument for it. Only the good spring training stats count. We've talked about this before. <laughs> the bad That's ones, true. it's spring training. It doesn't matter. The True. good ones, like them leading offensive stat, statistics in every category? Locked in. Oh, Everyone's yeah. locked in. This
0: team's ready for a run. It's time for <laughs> Bubba Starling to finally break, break through and become the, mean, the star that he always is.
1: A.L. home one champ, Bubba Starling. Uh-huh. There you go.
2: Who needs pitching when you can lead the league in homers?
1: That's not a bad idea. I'm not against good point. it. Pretty sure the uh, dimensions down there same as in Kaufman. so we are oh, ready yeah. to oh, and hit I mean, the ground running. The, and the
0: air is exactly the same. They, there's like no wind <laughs> ever. It's <clears throat> prime. It's prime real Facing estate. Facing double A pitchers know. sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to talk about all that. Only the good ones. So I like it. <clears throat> Well, let's move on we've got we've got lots of uh, time to kind of keep breaking around there's going to be more talk about how this roster is constructed we're gonna probably focus on it a few more times before we get the answer here um, but we'll look forward to that let's move on here to the chiefs like I said they did wait till the uh, t- wait till we aired an episode to do something pretty big which was releasing uh, uh, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher they're starting two offensive tackles. The moves did save about $18.25 million in cap space, kind of brought them right to that $182 million salary cap. Um, Kind of got them right there, and then they did restructure a few players. But, uh, Brian, let's start with you here. What's, uh, I guess, what is the big impact of these two releases?
2: Well, you go from kind of a weakness that we found at the end of this year to it being a, a huge weakness once you have to release those tackles that were out of the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's one of those moves you knew you had to make, and it's one of those moves you kind of close your eyes and hit the button, and and put it through because it's reality that you know it's likely that neither one of these guys is going to be ready at camp. I mean, you don't never know with the back with Mitchell Schwartz, he may be done for good, and when with those cap hits, you got to make a move when you're, you're trying to still stay in that Super Bowl contention. So. I mean, no one liked to see it happen, obviously, but it's something they had to do, and now they've got many holes to fill up, and they filled one up recently. That was uh, a huge impact.
0: Yes, they did. Uh, They did restructure Mahomes and Chris Jones' contracts. There's rumors of Travis Kelsey also restructuring his deal, and uh, I've also heard rumors of a Tyron Matthew extension, which would also get him some room to, like you said, make some free agent moves, uh, which they did. Yesterday signing Joe Th- Tooney. Yeah, I almost did it. <laughs> I almost did it. We, we were practicing everything. Joe Tooney. Joe uh, the Tooney. Joe the Tooney. <laughs> Looney Tooney. There the it Tooney. Is. Um, <laughs> he is a former uh offensive lineman for the New England Patriots, 28-year-old offensive guard, signed him to a five-year 80 million dollars with a 32.5 guaranteed. I think I saw that. His signing bonus was 17 and his cap hit this year was 4.5.
2: Yeah, something small.
0: So if that they're already taking care of two of the 32 and a half million dollars 20 of the 32 and a half million dollars guaranteed, Mason basically making this a I'm gonna guess a two year contract, uh, at the very least. So hopefully they get a lot more out of him than this. But uh, he hasn't yeah, he hadn't missed a game since he entered the league in 2016, which is huge. Um, he has played all five positions along the offensive line, mostly at guard. He has hit some tackle as well, but he, over the last three seasons, he has pro football Focus's best grade at offensive guard, which is ginormous. And I'm very, very excited about that. Um, Kitty, do you have any commentary on Joe Tooney?
1: <laughs> Good job, Tooney. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> Brian, how about you? <laughs> I mean wanted this... to see if you wanted to work in here. You can't you can't shoot, take any shots if you don't get the ball. That's true.
2: <laughs> no, I think Tooney's like the perfect player for Andy Reed's system because we've heard all through the playoffs and stuff that, that Andy works every guy at every position, you know, through through practices and stuff. So you have to know every position. Tooney sounds like he's built for that. Uh, he can be a dominant left guard. And, you know, like you said, move over to tackle if you have to, move to center if he needs to. So, I mean, that's uh, – versatility is is killer for, for this team that we saw. Injuries just kill them at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think, like you said, his reliability and consistency is what they need right now. They need some stability on that line, and they need that experienced leader since we're, you know, we're losing Fish and Schwartz. Um, we're inevitably going to bring in some young guys, and, and it'll be great to have Tooney to, to listen to uh, mm-hmm. kind of – kind of coach him up so anchor yeah and it's and it's exciting that they're they're still talking to Trent Williams and in a bidding war supposedly with with San Francisco so if it's down to us and them and if we're still in the running for him they could make that left side of the 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 line dominant have two of the best in the game on on the same side of the ball and also how about come on home Rodney Hudson you just got cut by the Raiders cut by the Raiders yeah seemingly because they don't have any money, so well, not cap room. They don't have money. They, I think they still had, was it two and
0: a half million dollars in dead money? It was more to release him than yep. it was to keep him.
2: Made zero, which sense. was interesting. Made zero sense. I would love to bring him back home. <laughs> if if you can somehow make this offensive line Trent Williams, Joe Tooney, and Roddy Hudson on the left side, just get a couple of bums on the right side. Who who cares?
0: I mean, you still got uh, LDT coming back. Another situation where if they cut him it's it's more money to cut him than it is to yeah, uh, pay him, play him on the roster. Got Kyle Long coming in. Kyle Long potentially coming in, Lucas Niang uh for for whatever he could be potentially worth. Uh could be on that right tackle mix as well. And I'm not sure they don't uh they don't sh- kick the tires on Osintely. Yep. see what uh, what he can bring back to that position as well but i think He's got it's some a, versatility too
2: i think to that it's it's a bigger point that uh brett Veach is kind of saying what we've said before of let's build this offensive line to be a wall in front of patrick mahomes and then yep. kind of fill in playmakers with the draft and kind of you know guys on prove it deals type of thing we need to build the line to be like the packers we saw last year
0: build that wall <laughs> build that wall <laughs> Uh, you did, you did talk about reliability of Tooney, he has only missed 41 total offensive snaps in five seasons. Uh, all of those came in the last two seasons, but like I said, he did start every game, so you do get a depend dependability there uh, that you didn't necessarily have. So even Seth Kaiser's Chief of the North uh, uh, newsletter today, and he kind of comped him to Mitch Morse. Um, he also talked to one of his buddies, Evan Lazar kind of follows the patriots a little bit kind of get his read on it and he said that he's truly a tackle playing guard he's a very very good technically sound blocker uh, especially in pass protection he's not the biggest dude so the run blocking is not his strong suit but he is still very capable to be a run blocker so um let's start airing it out get pat mahomes a whole lot of time and and Who knows? We could add another wide receiver in the mix because that market is super slow right now. Uh, Might get a pretty solid deal on guys like, I don't know, Josh Reynolds, Curtis Samuel. uh, Dare I mention Juju Smith-Schuster would be fun, (laughs) Uh, but we'll see how that all goes. It is very, uh, uh, very reassuring that losing two huge pillars like Fisher and Schwartz is kind of getting backed up. And there is a direction at this point to get younger but still get dependable and uh and make sure that that is that concern is addressed this off season and kind of rebuild everything around uh, a certain guy so i'm excited to see what else they do i am on trent williams watch i do kind of keep looking at my phone hoping that i see that tweet coming out where twitter's blowing up but nothing yet so we'll see we'll see keep standing by on that but uh We'll, do, we'll move on here to the final topic of Claire of the Waivers. Like I mentioned, the March Madness has begun. Um, Selection Sunday did see all the matchups, all 68 teams, who they're going to be running out and uh, going after here. We're going to be kind of focusing on, like I said, Mizzou and Kansas being the big local schools. And actually, they both landed in the same region, in that nasty, nasty western region, um, Wichita State also potentially coming out of that west region i believe as well so there's another local local variety team coming at you uh, also teams like gonzaga iowa virginia and your team your your number two team brian creighton mm-hmm. in that nasty nasty uh, region but uh let's talk a little bit about mizzou first brian what's your take on mizzou playing oklahoma
2: i gotta take a oh. breath here josh okay. um you gotta write a no. letter
0: you need to get a pen and some paper
2: I'm just very confused. Um, four weeks ago, only four weeks ago, the committee showed us who their top four seeds were, top four lines. Mizzou was a four seed. And at the time, people said, who gives a shit about what they are now? It you know, doesn't mean anything. And I thought, well, I think it does mean something because we don't rate that well in the rankings and the, and the efficiencies and all that shit. But they're paying attention to our resume. They, they see we've got some nice wins. So mm-hmm. that that that's reassuring that they're going to judge this team by who they beat and who they played and not because their offensive efficiency is not the best in the country. So mm-hmm. that felt good. And then they came out and uh, slammed them with the nine seed uh, <laughs> lined up to play Gonzaga. If they were to get past Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So I uh, that, that didn't sit real, real well with me because sure. I look at these teams around them. Um, there are only nine teams in the country that have more quad wins than mizzou they had seven this year quad win went quad same one. same as fifth ranked creighton mm-hmm. same as third seeded west virginia same as third seeded kansas mm-hmm. and we're a nine seed so that chapped my ass a little bit and so i said okay okay committee you ranked them so let's 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 take a look here at who they beat they beat a one seed in illinois they beat a two-seed in Alabama. They beat a three-seed in Arkansas, a five-seed in Tennessee, seven seed in Oregon, a seven seed in Florida. Nine and four against tournament teams. Six of those are conference champions.
1: Ah. <laughs> so then, sounds like
0: a sounds like an eight-nine team, is what it sounds like. I,
2: Apparently. And the thing is, like we've seen many Mizzou teams that have been on the bubble. You know, at the end of it, and you're always Mm -hmm. looking, and they show, like, bad loss. It's like some directional school that they lost to non-con or something. (laughs) You have this horrible loss on your resume. And you look at Mizzou had nine losses on the season, but I don't feel like any of them would be considered bad losses. They lost to Ole Miss twice. They had their number, clearly, that was on the bubble talk. They lost to Auburn when they had Sharif Cooper, which we all saw that they're a different team when Sharif Cooper. He only played 12 games, and we were just lucky enough to be one of them. I think you can consider Georgia a bad loss, but they had an overall winning record and they played without Tillman. So, I mean, I, I want to be like defending this team in front of the committee to, to be like, look at the resumes. Just don't look at the damn ratings and the metrics and all that shit. So, uh, I rock him. <laughs> Matt, Harris, Matt Harris wrote up an article today about, that showed, let's, let's evaluate the, the teams that were seeded six to nine and let's see how they stack up with, with oh, the boy. rest of these teams.
0: Uh, you can do them all
2: no <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, there's a lot of them uh, so let's say uh, uh Oregon let's say for instance they got a seven seed 20 and six nice record they lost to Mizzou head up mm-hmm. they lost to him early in the year Oregon was out without a guy but they, they lost to, to Mizzou. USC is 22 and seven, is a six seed. Florida, 14 and nine. Five quad win wins. Oh, and they just lost to Mizzou at home. So they have the same number of losses in Mizzou, lost to them head to head, but they're a seven seed and we're a nine seed. Mm-hmm. Getting, getting feeding to the wolves. Mm-hmm. So. I'm a little chapped at these seedings, especially like from Mizzou. Sounds like it. I just think they got a raw deal. They got they put up some of the best wins you'll find in this tournament, and yep. they got shat all over because their net rating was like forty-seven.
0: Right. Well, like you said, we they do face Oklahoma, the eight seed. Uh, Oklahoma's currently two point favorites. I did. It kind of seemed like Oklahoma was a very similar uh, season than at yeah. Mizzou there. Uh, Oklahoma had five quad one wins and made it up to number nine in the poll ended up a season on a four game losing streak and lost to KU in the big 12 championship. Mizzou had seven quad one wins, made it up to number 10 in the AP poll ended the season on a two and five streak. Not really streak, but a two and five run lost to Arkansas in the sec quarters. So very similar, uh, kind of paths and trajectories of those two. So it's interesting that they are meeting in the, in the NCAA tournament as, in the first round.
1: All I need to know about Oklahoma is they lost to Kansas State. They are trash. They stink. <laughs> Get them out of here. And you Oregon, say that lovingly. Oregon has – I can- say that as a K-State fan. <laughs> yeah. They they were bad this year. K-State was yeah. horrible. If you're yeah. – I mean, you want to be an NCAA tournament team and you're losing to K-State, come on. Just – anyone in Oklahoma cannot be upset about their seed. They should they should be a 10 or 11 with
0: that loss. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brian you have
2: more fire you have more fire to spit. Oregon had two quad-win. Two quad-one wins. Sure. Two. USC had three. Mhm. <laughs> Give me a break. What are we they doing gotta, here?
0: They got to fill up that far west region as uh, as much as they can. God. Let's <laughs> move on to uh since Brian's good and hot on this let's move to the uh, the other side of this of the state line Kansas playing eastern Washington on Saturday currently 10 and a ten and a half point favorites here over eastern Washington um, Kansas went seven and eight against quad one teams uh, yes it's seven wins Mizzou was seven and six so not to brag but it's a winning record against quad one teams um, according to Ken Palm they have the 59th best most efficient offense and the sixth best Defense in the nation in the season on an 8 1 run until they forfeited in the semis of the championship because they had multiple positive tests of COVID and pulled out. Um, I think there's been rumors of some big-time players potentially still being positive at the moment. Nothing's been confirmed, so this could have a really big effect (laughs) on (laughs) how this kind of moves forward. But Kitty, what's your take on uh, Kansas versus Eastern – what is it, Washington? Eastern
1: Eastern Washington, yeah. E-Wash. I I thought that I heard, I mean, it was a couple days ago that McCormick has a good chance of being back, and if he's back, that really – Improves their chances yeah. quite a bit against not just each of Washington, but their next round game, assuming they get past that first round matchup. Mm-hmm. I think he was him and the Inanuma. Well, I can't remember his Inamura, whatever, how I pronounce his name. do Not gonna no, not going to be here anymore. Not pay attention mm-hmm. enough. But uh, <laughs> I think they were both contract tracing because someone else was positive mm-hmm. near the team. So, but I think the other, what Jalen Wilson, I think he may have, tested positive so he might not make it back till the second weekend hmm. if it's if they're still playing if so he is yeah i mean it just seems like this shouldn't be a problem for ku so if they get mccormick back they're looking good
0: <laughs> so why talk about utterly,
1: it i don't really yeah too much tournament uh, this isn't on k-state's not in it they're not even close it's yeah time of the year Really sucks when your team's trash all year. So
0: uh-huh. <laughs> makes
1: for a long season for sure. I mean, at least I wasn't sweating the bubble this year. Done that sure. before. It sucks when you're just hanging on every game. when basically, a tournament starts in Feb- February first. You're in the March right. Madness already because every win or loss means dropping in and out of the tournament. Look so. at you
0: looking on the bright
1: side. <laughs> That's right. Not on a bu- not a bubble team this year. Not a bubble team. <laughs> it was better than that. Yep. No expectations can be a good thing.
0: <laughs> brian i know you got to take on this what do you have to take on on kansas and eastern michigan or whatever
2: well i think kitty said it best <sighs> that the the committee the committee did a good job of finding the right teams to put it in the tournament this year they just did a horrible job of seeding them <laughs> and i know it's more difficult this year because they had fewer non-cons teams playing mm. all kinds of different number of total games i get that it was harder this year but let's just okay let's say we're, we're going with metrics right Mizzou's mm. clearly the, the case that so they're going against match, with metrics. Okay. So let's compare them to, say, Tennessee. Mm. And Ken Palm, Tennessee 21, KU's 22. Net rate, ratings, UT 13, KU's 11. So these teams were right there, neck and neck, right? Yeah. So it's almost like, how do we separate these two teams? All right. They played each other, and there's a 20 ball be put on KU. <laughs> Tennessee crushed <laughs> KU head to head. And so that means. Tennessee got the three seed, right, and and KU's the five seed. That's, That's how I would understand how this it, yeah. works. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll also say, you can take or leave whatever happens with these conference challenges and everything, but SEC Big Twelve challenge this year, SEC won five to four, and I I'm not saying that means this is, SEC is a superior conference. I do <laughs> believe Big Twelve is a better conference, but it's also ridiculous to say if you pluck Tennessee and put them in the Big Twelve that they wouldn't finish better than KU when we watched them beat the shit out of them already. Yeah. So I think that's <laughs> I think it's dumb to to treat the Big 12 like it's two levels ahead of the SEC. I think the SEC is a really good conference this year. A lot of solid teams. They're lacking of the Baylor types, I think. That's, mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, pr- maybe get to the Final 4
1: and win it all, but um I think and that lacking- really
0: might be the win that pushed KU over the top in Tennessee with uh, with their win against Baylor.
1: Sure. Yeah, that probably gave them a little too a little extra than it should have been. Mm -hmm. yeah what's Baylor put together the whole season so and
2: and I think they're also getting a huge benefit of the doubt here I mean the team have pulled out of the conference tournament very unknown who's going to be there to play and we're rewarding them with a three seed and to me it's putting them too high anyway and now you're getting the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be that team still that you saw last like yeah I I just don't understand the seedings in this tournament hardly at all yeah (laughs) drives me insane
0: and I mean, how much stock can you put? I, I know that nobody wants to play an eight, nine, eight, nine game, but you're going to have to win your games regardless. So I think every team has got to go in with that mentality regardless of your seating, you are what you are. You got to go win every game anyways. So uh, you can obviously walk you, through I mean, a gauntlet, but at the same time, it's, it's, almost meaningless. We're putting a lot of a lot of weight into it.
1: And you got the you got the mid-major team as the one senior bracket. You should be happy with that.
0: <laughs> True. Well, how many just how many a, quad one wins did they have? Just a
1: just a mid-major in Gonzaga. Nothing to worry about.
0: They've <laughs> <laughs> lost. I do think they were 1 and 0 against top 25 teams or something like that.
1: They beat a few cuz they beat West Virginia and Iowa and Kansas. So they 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 actually did had a pretty good uh, non-conference okay notwithstanding they they were supposed to play baylor too that game Bayor's yeah. other 18 pauses on the year. For, oh, for COVID.
0: that would have been a good game
1: but the, i guess but god you, I guess god couldn't protect the baylor university like they, <laughs> they all expected them to mm-hmm.
2: but i mean another example of the committee viewing the big 12 and the SEC like two levels apart is west virginia they got a three seed yeah. with an 18 and 9 record the same number of quad wins as mizzou mizzou 16 and 9 same number of losses and the you know the three games that got canceled from Zoo were probably all likely wins. Yep. So you're looking at a team that's that should have been 19 and nine, same or better record as West Virginia. It's just West Virginia played in the Big Twelve and we played in the SEC mm-hmm. and we won the same number of quad one win games. Why aren't we viewed anywhere near the same yep. as West Virginia? West Virginia's three seed and we're yeah. nine, getting fed to the sharks
0: <laughs> in the region of death.
2: God dang. <laughs> I'm not mad.
0: Well, here's here's the bright side, Brian. This time next week, we will be talking about how Mizzou dismantled both Oklahoma and the unbeaten Gonzaga University, <laughs> and we can celebrate their victory and talk about how they're how they're going to keep stringing wins together.
1: That's, I mean, that's what's
2: so maddening about this is because we we've seen it before. This Mizzou team can beat anyone, and they can lose to anyone. Like, yep. They play to the level of the competition almost all the time. And if you put them up against a juggernaut or a, a two seed, or a, if we get seeded, what I view as properly, you're looking at dealing with a three seed, maybe. Like they can go head to head with anybody except Gonzaga because Gonzaga's Zaga, on a different level. And that's what pisses me off. Like they totally screwed us. And God. <laughs>
0: I look forward to Mizzou covering whatever their spread is, losing by six when, they, when they're when they supposed to be 11-and-a-half point dogs. Um, but oh, yeah, it'll that's be, a 20 be a 20-point game, one. I think, if they play Gonzaga. You think? Uh,
2: yeah. is <laughs> very good.
0: Very good. Yeah, undeniable. Well, that's, uh, that's going to do it. We'll look forward to talking more about March Madness as we move on next week. Hopefully, uh, KU is eliminated and Mizzou <laughs> is pulling off uh, Cinderella upsets and becomes the darling team. But that's going to do it for Clearing the Waivers. Let's get into shenanigans. But before we do that, we'll do that right after this. Yeah, it's time to play DFA. First shenanigan of the night is going to be DFA, but we're going to kind of do a little spin on it. If you were with us back in the when sports were canceled days, we did what we called shenaniganses. Where we played games for two hours, it was uh, <laughs> it was quite a hail mary content production scenario going on, but we did come up with some fun games. And one of them we did was called we called waiver sharks. It's kind of a play on old the old game show card sharks, um, but we're gonna do kind of a sports spin on it here. And this one we're gonna kind of to th- stick with a the theme of Royals projections. And so what we're gonna do is each one of these guys is going to pick a category pick doors one through four and they're going to randomly pick a number between one through 11 and then we're going to pick the where i'm gonna let them know what the stat is who's going to start as their first player and then they're going to tell me if the next player is going to be higher or lower than that person so i'm going to say kitty one clearing the waivers arbitrarily (laughs) so you're going to be the first to pick one door one through four kitty what do you got i'm gonna go door three door three your category this is all royals projections using zips projections on fan graphs so your category is pitcher (laughs) whip royals pitcher whip all right so i'm gonna need you to pick a number between one and 11 to tell me your start point
1: let's go number four
0: number four is danny duffy is projected to have a 1.37 whip that's not ideal Tyler Zuber is he going to be a higher whip or a lower whip?
1: Goodness gracious! <laughs> what a fun game you've given us.
0: I will say all these categories are the top eleven projected on the team in this in this category. So top I'm eleven, gonna... Tyler Zuber's in the top eleven.
1: Let's see, probably ballpen guy. Maybe I'm going to go over higher.
0: He is projected to have a higher whip with a 1.42.
1: Not Whew. great from a reliever. No, I agree. was, I was <laughs> weighing that in my head. Maybe the reliever is going to have a better whip.
0: Next player is Chris Bubich. Higher lower than a 1.42 whip.
1: Man, I think gave Duffy that one. Yeah. I'm going to go higher again.
0: He is lower at a 1.39. Oh.
1: Oh, so close! Right yeah. in between them. Right, right in between, between us them. Too.
0: Thread the needle. Kitty coming away with one point out of a possible. penalty. Oh, that is not good. Tough streak. Let's we'll see what Brian can do. Brian, you have door number one, two, or four left. What do you got? Let's go two. Number three. Two is category is hitter war. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> Just offensive.
0: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yep.
2: Number three
0: it. is Jorge Soler at one point six WAR. Okay. Your next player is Salvador Perez. Higher or lower than a one point six WAR?
2: Jorge Soler is one of our best hitters. Uh, Salvi had a great year last year, but not usually that great. So I'm going to go lower. He actually
0: is going to be second on the team in WAR with a two point seven. <laughs> Holy
2: shit! Goodness gracious! He's really that's good at defense,
0: Brian. So that's Solaire's doing. In is the fact that he's a designated hitter.
2: You said offense,
0: right? War hitter war. Hmm. If you're a hitter, you have war, but you also play defense. Anyways, great showing. Glad I went four categories. What here. are you talking? About? Glad we have one, glad we have multiple categories here. So Kim is so dumb. Do you know do you <laughs> want door number one or four?
1: We're going one. And eight. Let's get deep in the list. Okay.
0: That's
1: good. Because we're not going to do it by getting them right. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> um, this category is the top 11 in home runs projected by the Royals.
1: All right. Might have a chance here. Probably won't. But I'll Number
0: that. eight is Ryan McBroom projected to hit 17 home runs.
2: Okay. Wow. I'll take that under.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Will Jorge Soler have more or less than 17? He's he better have more. He is predicted to have 30, so yes, more. Is
1: McBroom yes. gonna have seven? Seventeen. <laughs> that's, 17. A, that's he awesome. just, 17 he's,
0: a lot of pinch hit opportunities, and he'll you have there. 17
1: ABs. <laughs> yeah,
0: your next player, kitty, is Carlos Santana higher, lower than 30. I'm gonna go lower. He is lower. He also predicted to have 17.
1: Oh, wow, hard to throw him in the same as Ryan McBroom, 20s. apparently. He's- Projections are spot on. All right. I like yep. it.
0: <laughs> It's about to get dumber. Uh, Brewer Hicklin. <laughs> Who? Brewer Hicklin. Brewer Hicklin is a outfield prospect. <laughs> I got to go lower. He is lower. They still somehow project him to have 13 home runs this year.
1: I need to look this guy up. He's going to be a match he, like that.
0: He might not get 13 at bats in major leagues <laughs> this year. <laughs> Next player is Andrew Benatendi. Higher or lower than 13. Whew.
1: i'm gonna go lower i'm gonna make he's gonna go we're gonna put him at doubles guys i'm gonna go at 11 or 10
0: right. he is projected to hit 14 home runs so it was so you are done hey three is better than one though and it's definitely better than zero so <laughs>
1: That's true. got four points today
0: very good so brian's got to get four to tie five to win of the door number four category which is pitcher k per nine. Oh god this is all pitchers. Bullpen is included here with the rotation. What's your starting point? Seven. Seven. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Yours, your first one is Grant Gavin. Bullpen arm. Grant Not on Gavin. the 40 man. Yep. He's, he's,
2: he's a, a top eleven guy. Apparently, yes. <laughs>
0: uh his K per nine is projected to be nine point four one.
1: This has you to know, count minor leagues. What did no. they uh, project his innings pitch to be at? If you don't mind, I my don't answer. know. I, I don't that. know.
0: Okay. That's not 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 I was important, Kitty. Kind of
2: I'm just curious. That's outrageous.
0: Does Chris <laughs> Bubich is he going to have more or less than nine point four one K per nine?
2: Nine point four one. That's pretty high. Nine point four one. Bubich was a strikeout pitcher in the minor leagues, not quite as much in the majors. God, this is dirty. Who was? What the hell was the name? Grant Gavin. <laughs> grant gavin yeah (laughs) you know double g Is he currently on the team
0: he's in the minor system i don't think he he was in spring (laughs) training so he's got to make some he's got to make some impressions this year Mm 9.4
2: k per nine Mm -hmm. god dang for a starter I, i gotta go lower it is lower brian's on the board Yes.
0: Because projected to have an eight
2: point four eight. Not that much. Nope. That's a
0: lot. Higher expected. Not too shabby. Uh next player is Greg Holland. Higher or lower than eight point four eight.
2: God. Because he's got I would put him right around that number. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys anymore, but he only pitches one inning.
1: <laughs> God. It's nice to hear he, the
2: thought process. I yep. mean, he probably still... Showing his work here. He probably still averages a strikeout per inning, right? He's got to get one guy on case.
0: But that's so high. He overthinks this so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go lower, lower. It was higher, with a God, 9. 9.98. You're about as good yeah. as I am on these 50-50 shots.
2: I hate this game.
0: I'm so ah. bad at these 50-50s. <laughs> and it's based off bullshit
2: projections.
0: It is. Zips <laughs> zips is uh known for being the pretty solid, but oh, okay. Um I don't understand. I don't understand how some of these players like MJ Melendez was on the home run list.
1: Who's like, getting how's he getting at bats?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but Ryan McBroom's hitting
1: 17
2: homers.
0: They thought MJ Melendez was hitting 15. Jesus. <laughs> I, don't, I also learned that MJ Melendez's first name is Mervel. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I go by MJ2. too. M-E-R-V-Y-L. That's a, that's an awesome uh, name. I might go I like by
1: that. I'm going to go by Mervel. I'd go by Mervel I'd go go. By
0: Marvel, absolutely.
1: i uh-huh. I'm in. I'm, start, call, start calling me Merville. Mervel Kitty.
0: Mervel Crot. There we go. <laughs> so that's uh that was Waver Sharks. Pathetic. Brian obviously very <laughs> good at it. Um <laughs> that was kind of tough category the caper nine is certainly certainly a tough one but i expected more from you in the war
2: i really really did really I, did i mean i really didn't take position into account right when i thought Clearly. it was all offense i was good i was just who's going to be the better hitter
0: right when you're bad at things it's obviously someone else's fault you're <laughs> right you're right <laughs> so kitty's gonna kick off our next shenanigan which is keep trade cut keep trade cut go. So we did talk about St. Patty's Day is today is when you're probably listening to this. So uh, we went with some holiday mascots that we are keeping and trading and cutting the ability to be those mascots on their respective holidays to with to hold on and and produce the powers, hold the powers that those mascots have every one of these holidays. So we went with a classic leprechaun. We went say Patty's Day leprechaun. We went with Cupid for Valentine's Day and i didn't want to get super i mean this is it would be a runaway if we were going to be santa claus so i went with the grinch for christmas so we're going to keep keep one of these trade one of these and cut one of these we're going to trade for another holiday mascot that we would also like to be kitty you won uh the waiver sharks. so you're going to go first what do you got Oh, runaway run away,
1: ah. Well, <laughs> Santa's a runaway this, this is pretty close uh who i'm doesn't gonna be
0: santa who doesn't want to be santa it's too I much would,
1: work man i i'm going to cut the grinch as my first move on this
0: interesting okay
1: i mean first half of that story great stuff man the guy's just doing what he does stealing presents being a real jerk and then great stuff he gives it all back no mm-hmm. conviction on this guy yeah, guys weeks so now i mean he doesn't do anything anymore, so uh, he, I I'm done with him. He's okay. Don't know what he's doing. He's too conflicted for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna keep the Leprechaun. It looks like a pretty fun little gig those guys got going on there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they're just cobblers by trade, apparently, and bankers. So you know, that's where they get their gold from.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, apparently, they can grant you some wishes if you can trap one. Or, but apparently, if you don't keep your eye on them, they'll sneak away and. Do some little tricks for you. So yeah. really good stuff. I like these guys. These little guys little got pranksters. Little, they are. I mean, and then and you some once in a while he'll show up in the hood, make a movie about it. Ooh, yeah. And just With <laughs> the leprechaun. The leprechaun has just got a wide range of what possibilities. So I'm gonna I'm a big fan of what, what they bring to the table. And sometimes range you know what? of shenanigans. Shenanigans yes, as it were. And Sometimes they can just sit around and do nothing at all, which yep. I'm a hundred percent in on that. True. That aspect of being a leprechaun. <laughs> okay. So well, that leads me to trading old Cupid. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit too much of a sideline guy for myself. He's just doesn't really get, uh-huh. doesn't get into the, doesn't really get into the mix. He's just kind of hanging sure. out, shooting bow, shooting arrows into people. Although I did find a great uh, name for him. I was searching through the, what his deeds and misdeeds were. And someone called him the, demon of fornication ooh, because <laughs> he's shooting all these random un- unmarrieds apparently and getting them all yeah. horny for each other
0: <laughs> so this guy horned, uh, horned
1: up horned up so he can't be trusted so hmm. i'm gonna trade him i think people really uh get into the spirit of valentine's day and they'd enjoy being a little cupid for a day
0: uh-huh true
1: so i'm gonna trade though for leap day william from 30 rock I don't know if you yeah. know, if, if you watch that TV show, but there is a a holiday mascot named Leap Day William that obviously only shows up once every four years. That's mm-hmm. my kind of that's my kind of gig. Sure, uh, he he emerges from the Mariana Trench and <laughs> he trades. He has got yeah, he got the gills and everything. He trades uh, candy for children's tears, so if kids are crying. He'll just throw you candy. So he's just a real real <laughs> solid dude and uh you wear you bl- wear blue and yellow gotta get your whole suit going on there and uh leap day is a great day it's the day to take your chances that you wouldn't do the rest of the year because real life is for march mm-hmm. leap day is the day you take chances so i'm going to go around helping people take their chances on leap day so leap day william is who i'm going with
0: I mean, they might as well make the purge on February 29th because you put that on, like, a court document, and they're like, February 29th doesn't exist. You dummy. Not a real day. Not a real this day. I mean, throw it out. This case is garbage.
1: Exactly. It's perfect. So Leap Day William. You guys, People should check that out if you haven't watched uh, 30 Rock.
0: I was going to ask you, are, are you Leap Day William? Can you tell us that?
1: I think uh, you're supposed to, um, if you see an old man in a blue and yellow suit, you just, you be nice to him just in case he is leap day William. Okay. They don't uh, usually, they don't, they don't come out and say it, but just, you know, just be, be on the lookout sure. for a guy blue and yellow, blue and yellow suit on uh, on leap day.
0: Keep your eye on that Mariana trench.
1: <laughs> yeah. He comes screaming out of there on that morning of leap day. There you go. You might find him.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, since Brian's a big loser, I'm going to go second here. Um, <laughs> I'm cutting that leprechaun life.
1: I mean, you Ooh. got your
0: gold. But you're lonely, man. You're a lone, you're a lonesome little leprechaun. So, I, I don't think there's much to like about this. And the only lo- the brokenness is only broken up by someone trying to steal your shit. I mean, you got a <laughs> rainbow that's that's a straight up beacon to where your gold is. I mean, any any Tom Dick or Harry treasure hunter knows exactly where your gold is. So you're <laughs> constantly on the run. I mean, that's that seems like a whole lot of anxiety. And I'm gonna pass on it. <laughs> leprechaun out. I am keeping the Grinch life because
2: oh
0: here's the thing every christmas you get to plan a heist and it's a big time heist <laughs> and i can 100% get behind that lifestyle you get all year thinking about how those who's detest you and how you hate christmas and how you're just going to take it from them but you have to do it differently every year to keep them on their toes so i mean you go grinch oceans 11 grinch oceans 12 you got to recruit a recruited team now i mean i'm Talk about that.
2: anxiety
1: oh i love it I <laughs> yeah love but it. then then once on christmas morning you hear those dummies singing again you got to give all hey. the presents back
0: and guess what you give it back and you're the hero you stole from them and you gave it back and they're like oh come come singing and, and enjoy the who feast with us <laughs> i don't like it the guy's weak i mean a lot of grinch- yeah, you, you say what you want about the greed. I mean, he was lifting <laughs> up a sleigh full of toys. Weakness is not his gig. He is a strong fella. <laughs> or who. He's a who, isn't he? So I'm sure. keeping the Grinch life. I'm trading the Cupid. It would be fun to play God, but I feel like we could get a really good trade value from Cupid Cupid and give him to some of like the uh, the people who spend way too much time breaking down like celebrity couples. I think that they could have really, really the, uh, Therese Hilton or whatever his name is. I think we could really stir the pot up in Hollywood, giving him the, uh, Cupid abilities that, uh, uh, that we could get. I'm going to trade for becoming Jack Frost. <laughs> one of my favorite things. I like cold weather for one thing, but the best season is fall. And Jack Frost is the guy who brings in the fall foliage. He kicks off fall. He works it right in the winter. So Jack Frost, hero in my book.
1: I thought, I thought you were going to be the snowman. Uh, Michael, Michael Keaton?
0: Keaton. I, I mean, he plays a that really that good was... harmonica. <laughs> Real good harmonica <laughs> on that Jack Frost. <laughs> terrible. See, I have, that movie uh, was terrible and very funny.
1: I've never thought of being Jack Frost. I'll you say that. that. That never crossed my mind.
0: I don't know if he's really a holiday character, but he's more of a winter guy. But either That's way, close I'm into it.
1: I hate into winter, it. so you can you can kick rocks for me as far as I'm concerned. I feel like <laughs> I, I
0: wouldn't I wouldn't have to find many Cupid lovers to be ordered to trade for a Jack Frost. I don't think.
1: No, I think you can get that one pretty easy.
0: Yep. All right, Brian, you're gonna you're gonna take us home with your keep trade cut of holiday characters here.
2: Yes, and as the great Dave Damaschek says, Kitty and I park our cars in the same garage. I'm right there <laughs> with him <laughs> in my <laughs> Lockstep. <laughs> i'm keeping leprechaun i don't know about your leprechaun josh but my every leprechaun i see always looks jolly and happy and i mean he's got his gold in the rainbow he's on a heavy drinking holiday so i feel like he's always got a mug of beer in his hands and i want to be that guy so i I'm think that's you projecting leprechaun.
1: it yep <laughs> <laughs> i think they, i'm pretty sure i've seen that leprechaun hold a mug here and there hey they're uh, all those They're playing all those tricks on people. They're probably a little tipsy. A
0: little tipsy. They've also got sugared up from the Lucky Charms, so that's probably true.
2: You find me a picture (laughs) of a depressed leprechaun. I mean, you're not going to find it. So, leprechaun, I am cutting the Grinch like Kitty did. Uh, Living in in a cave in the side of a mountain sounds terrible to me. Outside of robbing families and then turning... (laughs) having no conviction just <laughs> living in a cave just sounds shitty even though i like to be left alone
1: yeah i was gonna say that sounds absolutely <laughs> it's, it's, your it's, speed. yeah it's really uh, half and half for you,
2: you're not a christmas person and you don't like people so i feel like that's two top toilet twa- qualifications to be the grinch can you imagine trying to send a text out of a cave you think it's bad like trying to do it out you of don't the want basement? to talk to anybody
0: so who are you, who are you talking to you have I a to
2: talk shit to somebody <laughs> you got the dog I got to get takes off to somebody, man. True. True. So I'm, I'm trading Cupid because it's just too much pressure. We've all seen Married at First Sight, right? It's, it's a hard job. <laughs> so Cupid is essentially going around Married at First Sight and people. We see that's a hit rate about one out of every eight times. So I don't want the pressure being Cupid and setting up people that don't belong together. So yeah, I'm uh-huh. out on that.
1: Or that, or the uh, show Are You the One on MTV, too. That was. Oh, yeah. So, uh-huh. that, might be not, that might be lower than Married or First Sight percentage. That's tough.
2: Those matchmakers are god awful, by the way, but they're really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. <laughs> so I am trading him for Fourth of July character, Joey Chestnut. Boo. <laughs> the hot dog eating contest every year. I, like I love them. it. And my favorite part is having it on. Inevitably, somebody walks in the room and they just start gagging. They're like, "This is <laughs> disgusting," because <laughs> you see his veins like bulging out of his oh, head. Yeah. You see him uh-huh. slobbering all over the place. Water is just falling out of his mouth as he's just shoving hot dogs and buns in his mouth. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I love you, Joey Chestnut. I want to be you. Thank you for giving us, giving me entertainment. <laughs> I
0: I think the my favorite part about that is you used uh married at first sighting as a verb. <laughs> married at first sighting people is is very fun. It's very fun to me.
2: I don't want that job.
0: I That's can't tough. blame you.
2: But I would be better than the matchmakers.
0: I mean, you got a shoot, you got a bow and arrow and they have to do what you're, you know, you shot them so they they are that now. So That doesn't mean it's, it was I the right decision. I I mean, it was it, it is debatable. Yes. <laughs> debatable but they have no choice they're they're (laughs) they're they're gonna start boinking real soon
2: which i'm also not really thrilled about which part (laughs) people don't really want to i'm just gonna make them want to oh yeah Uh... yeah that's
0: that's certainly a blur let's go ahead and start the cancel cupid movement i feel like that (laughs) is over overdue (laughs) it's uh it's not something we need peppy lepew if you're on the if you're on the chopping block peppy then then so is cupid get out of the here, hashtag
2: cupid. started josh
0: yep cancel cupid hashtag <laughs> cancel cupid uh so with that let's close it out here we uh, we appreciate it. each and every one of you joining us for uh the cleaners podcast this week if you're joining us because you've heard us before we appreciate every second that you've listened to us if you found us through royals review certainly cruise the site over royalsreview.com if you aren't already doing so uh, go check out Royals farm report also our brethren podcast brethren over at royalsreview.com we haven't given them a shout out in a while but the heartland pod also a very good podcast uh, our buddy adam summer and uh, zach schwartz sean diller doing some great work over there um, so if you're into politics go check them out as well but other than that i think that's everything we have until next week for brian kitty and myself ta-ta for now